Chapter 18 of The Great Pearl Secret. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria de Fatima da Silva. The Great Pearl Secret by Charles Norris Williamson. Chapter 18 The Bargain. Two days passed, and small as Juliet's faith in Madame Vino, she did not stir from the house lest the woman should telephone in her absence. The strain of constant suspense was like a screw tightening her nerves to breaking point. Her irritation grew against Jack, who persisted in warning her that she would repent her suspicions of Lida Pavoya. To his mind, apparently, the dancer's story accounted for everything. Lida had volunteered a statement that she had touched the safe after Claremana opened it, and she had offered to give Sanders her own fingerprints in order that they might be identified with those taken on the door of the safe, the only ones found there with the exception of the Duke's. Even this fact that there should be no other marks visible didn't prejudice jack against the siren according to him and he said to sanders the real thief or thieves had used rubber gloves as for sanders he tried to calm the duchess's impatience by assuring her that everything possible was being done he even had a theory but of what comfort was that to her as he refused to tell her what it was until, or if, he could obtain positive proof. It hardly interested Juliet that he should have cabled Monsieur Mayen and learned in reply that there was no scratch on the duplicate ring given Mayen by Pat. She hadn't for a moment supposed there would be. Of course, it merely made matters worse that Mayen should be left-handed, and that a specimen seal he sent by cabled request should have an entirely different appearance from those on the covering of the packet. Also, it seems stupid rather than intelligent that de Fasquel should be watched. The detective admitted that the Frenchman seemed above suspicion. He had begged the Duke to open the packet in his presence, which alone proved his innocence as sanders couldn't help seeing besides the french police had replied to a wired demand for de fasquel's dossier by saying that he was a person of unblemished character he appeared to deserve the trust reposed in him by monsieur mayen had saved up a little money and was engaged to a pretty girl with a good dot the daughter of a hotel keeper in marseilles not only that de fasquel was remaining in new york for the purpose of giving what aid he could altogether juliet considered that sanders's activities were disappointing and jack's no better she refused to meet lida and talk with her in person as jack advised her to do and between her sense of being deserted and her desperate anxiety for the truth about pat she found more and more that her thoughts clung to the broken reed of hope held out by madame vino 
At last, when she was making up her mind to see the woman again without waiting longer, the message came. Juliet was in the act of answering a letter from Nancy Van Esten, begging her to be at the dress rehearsal for the great show, which was to benefit the Armenians. There was an undertone of friendly insistence, which Juliet understood very well. Nancy knew what people were saying about Pat and Pavoya and the Pearls. If she, Juliet, refused to attend this rehearsal to which all her most intimate pals were going, everyone would draw certain conclusions. She hated to go, but had written to say that she'd drop in about five o'clock. The rehearsal had to be in the afternoon, as the roof garden theatre was wanted in the evening for the last night of a review when the telephone bell rang almost in her ear she picked up the receiver from the writing table and her heart leapt at the sound of madame vino's voice is that you yourself duchess yes well he's here can you come around at once yes said juliet and putting down the receiver had begun to get ready when she remembered the letter which ought to be left for jack there was no time after all to write details she ought to have had the note ready for emergencies but it hadn't occurred to her till now hurriedly she jotted down the address of madame vino and a request to jack to send there then when she had scrawled captain manners tarascon hotel and sealed the envelope the duchess rang for her maid i'm going out simone she said it's now four thirty if i'm not back by six thirty it will mean that that i must miss an appointment with captain manners so at that time take this to his hotel yourself he tells me that he's always at home between six thirty and seven thirty so he's sure to be there but if not you can ring up mr sanders at his private address which i'll jot down for you and ask him to call for captain manners's letter which concerns his business as well i expect to come in much sooner however in which case you will simply hand this envelope back to me you quite understand i quite understand madame la duchesse echoed simon pinning on her mistress's hat and handing her a pair of gloves so well did she understand that the moment juliet was out of the house the car having been ordered she examined the back of the said envelope in her hurry juliet had not sealed it firmly the flap was still wet and came loose with almost ridiculous ease simone had been somewhat surprised by the duchess's instructions her reason for wishing to acquaint herself with the contents of the letter but she was still more surprised by the letter itself the duchess was going to madame vino's evidently to keep an engagement already made and it would seem that she considered herself in some danger could madame vino mean to give away mademoiselle amaranthe's connection with the inner circle simone told herself that this was an absurd and far-fetched suspicion because it was not probable that madame vino knew anything about her activities besides why should the woman 
even if she knew them betray valuable secrets of the paper and its best correspondence it was but an idea born of an uncomfortable conscience another name for fear juliet was admitted to madame vino's flat by the respectable creature in black silk who had impressed her so favourably two days before again she was taken into the cubicle of a private waiting-room and there madame came at once from her own room he's still here she announced having closed the door everything is wonderful but different from what i expected who is the man juliet abruptly asked i don't know i haven't been able yet to make him tell me that he seemed so obstinate that i thought i'd better extract more important details first in case in his struggles not to obey i should lose my control of him which does happen now and then in such experiments you mean to tell me that this man whoever he is actually came to you from heaven knows where because you willed him to come and that you hypnotized him to find out about my husband i mean just that answered madame vino triumphantly i've done this sort of thing before it's the secret of my success over other psychics i found out that your husband was kidnapped just as i thought as for the pearls so far as i can understand he had them on him anyhow they're in these people's possession but you'd better come into my room and talk to the man is he still hypnotized juliet wanted to know irritated by her feeling that she was being deceived yet eager and curious no not now i've released him from the influence he was going pale about the lips which shows a weak heart and i was scared i can't take big risks of that sort but when i explained what i'd got out of him and when i'd even made him put on paper a short statement of his own handwriting he saw that he might as well be frank if the statement was signed you must have got his name and if not what use is it he thinks he's signed it for i covered up the place where the name should be as if accidentally and snatched the paper away as though i was afraid he'd grab it for me it was when i was willing him so hard to sign that he began to look queer so i had to give it up i see said juliet well take me into the next room and let me try what i can get out of him you can get everything out of him duchess and you can get back your husband and your pearls that is if you're willing to pay the price this man asks even in his sleep he was firm about that and he hasn't told where the duke is juliet did not believe that the man knew where the duke was it was so much more likely that the whole business was a trick to extract money and give nothing of value in return still she was more eager to see the occupant of madame vino's room than she had ever been to see anyone except pat in the blessed old days the green curtains were drawn and though twilight was falling out of doors the only lamp was a small green shaded one on the table of the crystal the man who stood facing the two women as they entered was in shadow all except his hands which showed white and large crossed unfolded arms it was an instant before juliet realized that something more than shadow obscured the features 
then her piercing eyes made out that a layer of black crape was drawn across them as far up as the forehead as far down as the mouth beneath this mask a beard protruded like a fringe but juliet told herself it might be false oh you have masked yourself exclaimed madame vino he wasn't masked when i left him duchess juliet made no comment though if the man and woman were in collusion it was probable the madame lied there's no objection to my being masked i suppose said the man i have a right to protect myself does he speak rather like an englishman or do i imagine it juliet wondered i don't object she said aloud i don't care who you are if you can give me news of my husband and if if you can bring him back to me i can give you news now the man replied and you can have him back tomorrow night if you choose what are your conditions juliet asked one million dollars for the duke and the pearls oh said the duchess and what for the duke without the pearls we don't treat separately indeed and what if i refuse to treat at all in that case you'll never see your husband again on this side the grave you mean you'll murder him if i don't pay ransom not at all this is the duke's own affair he's in it with us that is the man spoke quickly when anger flamed on juliet's face and he must have feared that she would cease bargaining for a man capable of holding up his wife that is he's in it to this extent he's taken an oath not to give us away he was hurt in an accident an affair neither he nor you would like to have come out and i and a friend of mine saved his life when we'd done that as we're poor men we didn't see why we shouldn't get something for ourselves we're amateurs at these things my mate and i and we were at odds how to approach you madam without risking trouble then i had a hunch to consult this lady dreamed about her felt i must come madame vino gave juliet a look now i find she was mesmerizing me or something of the sort but she's given me good advice and she's brought you and me together so maybe all's well that ends well where's my husband asked juliet where i live and you could have me followed all around new york without finding out where that is i'm up to every dodge of that kind i can tell you but what my friend and i the duke standing by us because of what we've done for him what we propose is this you get hold of a million dollars without telling anyone what the money's for we'll know if you play is false we have our spies it must be all in notes then if this lady madame vino is willing to see the thing through you'll bring to her flat the whole sum only with the notes cut in two that plan is to prove my good faith an hour after the duke shall arrive with the pearls in an auto at your own house and the remaining halves of the notes shall be handed to the chauffeur by you in person before your husband leaves the car does that scheme look good to you juliet paused for an instant but not to consider the money question for she would have given not one million but all the millions she possessed to have pat with her alive and safe nor did she now care a straw whether or not 
these two creatures were in a plot together she hesitated only because it seemed too good to be true that pat should be given back to her so easily she had suffered so much had realized so bitterly her need of him guilty or innocent that she was actually dazzled by the man's offer and when she had calmed herself by drawing a deep breath or two she answered yes it seems good to me then it is good all right how soon can you do this how soon can you get hold of the money tomorrow of course it's too late today tomorrow then come here at this same time can you manage that i will manage it juliet said she remembered that she had written to nancy van esten meaning to attend the rehearsal the letter wasn't posted yet but she would send it and go to the theatre for a few minutes from there she would come here to madame vino's no one could think then that she had avoided meeting Lida Pavoya. But if she had a pressing engagement to keep, it wouldn't be her fault if there were no time for introductions. Besides, Jack Manners and Sanders were supposed to be coming tomorrow afternoon to discuss some new detail in the Duke's study. What Juliet didn't know. The rehearsal would give her an excuse for absence while they were there and as it was to meet Lida, Jack would be pleased to have her go. Remember, madam, if you don't keep the business strictly to yourself, the Duke won't materialize, the man in the mask went on. I assure you, not on my honor, because that's a minus quantity to you, but on your husband's. You can take my word for this, and furthermore, if you attempt to trick us, you'll never have a chance again. If there were as little chance of your tricking me as of my tricking you juliet exclaimed i should be happy be happy then retorted the man the thing settled i'm off and i'll tell the duke that you send him a good message he was out of the room before juliet had realized that he meant to suit his action to his word with a wild impulse she would have sprung after him to ask other questions but the door slammed in her face she was too late and besides what would have been gained by keeping the man a moment more i don't think there's anything further to do or say but let him go quietly madame vino advised juliet turned upon her i believe you're in this she cried the elder woman smiled indulgently as at a petulant child my dear i'm not she said but i can't prove that if you don't want to take my word oh well it doesn't matter juliet sighed what do i owe you for your services what you think they're worth pay me tomorrow madame replied tomorrow it seemed that juliet could not live till then End of chapter eighteen